Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker, back for another fantastic edition. This month of May is basically going to be an extraterrestrial-themed month between, well, both of our shows, this one and Edge of the Rabbit Hole. So last night in Edge of the Rabbit Hole, we had Jeremy Ray from MUFON with us. He was also uh, one of the co-stars with me there on uh, the Alaska Triangle and we're we're having almost like a little mini uh, Alaska Triangle reunion at the Laughlin UFO Megacon coming up here in a month, which is why this month is you know, very heavily per, um, extraterrestrial themed, uh, because it's going to be I'm going to be there. Jeremy, like I said, surprised me last night. He's going to be there, and then Johnny Enoch as well. And, I mean, who knows at this point who else may drop in? But uh, the three of us will make a nice little Alaska Triangle reunion. So I hope. Uh, yeah, Whoever's uh, watching and listening right now, uh, of course, we uh, after the live stream on uh, the Connected Universe portal, we end up putting this out to uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and then syndicated on KGRA Radio. Uh, so we'd love to have you all out for the uh, Laughlin UFO Mega Conference in Laughlin, Nevada, uh, June 6th through 12th. So uh, be sure to check that out. So, yeah, we're doing a uh, extraterrestrial-themed month here because of that. Uh, so probably about uh, not. I'll say this: not all of our edge of the rabbit hole uh, guests are, you know, uh, dealing with UFOs, extraterrestrials. But a lot of them are. Like next week, we have Terry Lovelace. Uh, next next month, next week <laughs> for Edge of the Rabbit Hole, and then uh, you know tonight we are covering uh, aliens and technology, extraterrestrials and technology. Are they actually? Uh, hacking our technology and you know what technology have we picked up from them we're going to get into a lot of these different types of topics and also how maybe the government uses uh, technology with us when we get in when we start talking about uh, this type of phenomenon this research that we start doing and things like that so we're going to be getting to all of that and uh, kind of almost piggybacking on that next week uh, we'll get into next week's uh, show at the end of this show I'll give you a little preview but uh yeah and there's there's nicole uh, uh tagging everybody thank you for doing that nicole tom mcnicholas is in the house and Celine, uh rick gabbert great to see everybody down there this evening all right i know more will filter in as uh, the show goes on so all right so let's go ahead and get into this and this really uh you know was in, inspired by nicole this night's particular topic uh, she put together a number of different uh, uh, you know, memes and you know graphics for use on social media, uh, and this one is the one that I released earlier today. You know, are aliens hacking and using AI to learn more about us and gain our trust? And there's a you know what we'd usually call a gray alien. This one's a little on, on the greenish side, uh, with an Amazon Alexa in a kitchen. <laughs> Uh, it's actually uh, really cool. So you can check that out at uh, the Connected Universe uh, Instagram, or I, I threw it up there on my uh, on my Facebook as well. So Nicole did a fantastic job. I'm going to be releasing a number of these uh, over the next couple of weeks. And so I really want to thank her for uh, for putting these together. And uh, so that's a great question. Are Because people, I don't think normally think of it in these terms that – uh, that extraterrestrials may actually be infiltrating us. I mean, we talk about, you know, biologically, they're, uh, you know, with like abduction cases. They'll, you know, take somebody and study them and all that. But I don't think we usually think of it in terms of technology, that there may be something about our technology that they're studying. Now, there are a number of things, we'll get into it here in a little while, where people believe that, a lot of our more modern technology is derived from extraterrestrials or alien technology that we may have encountered or come across or discovered, you know, that the government doesn't necessarily uh, share with us publicly. We will get into that. Uh, but an idea of the aliens infiltrating and hacking our technology is an interesting one. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of like that concept of, um, like with Independence Day, the movie Independence Day, that was really like 25 years ago now. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's hard to believe. But uh, within that movie where the extraterrestrials basically infiltrated our technology, our networks, our satellites, and used it against us. Um, that was 
you know, basically weaponizing our technology against us, hacking into it and utilizing it. But are there things about our technology that perhaps they want to discover and use for themselves? Um, and I think it's a good question. We usually think of, well, if an alien race is coming here, they would be probably, of course, the more uh, intelligent species. They would be the more, the more advanced civilization between the two, and therefore they would be the ones with the tech that we want. Obviously, that's true. There's certainly technology from them that we would want. But there may be things with us that they may want as well. Uh, you, know, you think of just on our own planet, there's technology that older cultures have had in the past that we don't have now. That you know, we've, we've talked many times about you know, some of these ancient sites of power, things like the pyramids and Baalbek and you know, how did uh, you know, Machu Picchu, you know, all of these you know, fantastic ancient locations with these massive, massive stones, how do they move them? Because we don't even have the technology uh, to, to do a number of these different things today. So there is a technology there that's been lost to time, and we would love to interact with that ancient culture and discover what that was. Now, we're not talking about a culture that really would have had like, computers and cell phones and things like that, but they had some technology that was more advanced than what we have today. So there could certainly be things that extraterrestrials would want to discover from us and you know maybe learn a thing or two you know obviously being a more advanced civilization there probably aren't a whole lot of things that they would need to learn from us but uh probably several probably several and uh okay great to see that the chat is going all right so that's one aspect of looking at this technology that they may actually want from us the other another idea is you know kind of almost like that uh that example i was using before with independence day are they using some of our technology now like alexa um you know or our cell phone network or what have you to infiltrate us and really discover what we're up to i mean they could weaponize i mean that was hollywood Sure, uh, but are they using it to almost uh, you know spy on us and see what we're up to? We're going to get into the government doing that <laughs> as well because that's a uh, certainly an aspect. But um, you know, like for instance, I always try to turn it the other way. You know, if we are going to another planet, if we are going to learn about some other culture off in a far, far world, we're going to want to try to learn everything that we can about them for a variety of different reasons. You know, this is the whole thing, like even when it comes down to, um, you know, like the abductions, um, you know, we, I mean, we do it now, right, with, with our animals on this planet. Uh, you know, we will take them out of the wild and we'll study them, we'll poke and prod them. We do all of that uh, already. We just... Um, I was about to say we just don't do it with humans, but um, yeah, we, we kind of do too. <laughs> um, so if we go off to another planet, we're going to pick up life forms uh, th that are there. If, there are. if there are life forms on that planet, we're going to pick them up. We're going to study them. We're going to poke and prod them. If they have some sort of technology that they are utilizing we're probably going to want to try to infiltrate it, not necessarily to do anything nefarious on our end, but also, you know, like as a protective measure. Uh, you know, we would want to know, okay, you know, here, here are the humans and their spacecraft orbiting our planet. Uh, they may not like that. And they may try to retaliate against that. So wouldn't we want to try to hack into their technology to learn if they were up to anything against us. It's the whole spy game. You know, it's the same thing that's been playing out for forever, right? You, you kind of you know, place your pieces within you know, your potentially opponent's uh, network, you know, whether 
you know, that was back in the day, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, you had your spy within the kingdom and they reported back to you or today's day and age where you, you know, have computers and cell phones and technology uh, and you put a bug in somebody's you know, apartment or whatever. You know, it's that same type of thing. We would be doing that. So it stands to reason that, yes, uh, extraterrestrials could be doing that right now with us. So even as I'm speaking into this microphone right now, are they listening in? Are they tapping into that? And they very well could be. Uh, Nicole did have a uh, interesting... She had like a, a nice little list here um, of, of different of different ideas. I have to I have to credit Nicole with with these ideas for the, this evening because uh, you know these were really good. So the question: Are psychic abilities a form of alien technology that's been embedded into our DNA, and are aliens using this tech to spy on us too? It's a, a very interesting question because there's there have been studies and tests done and they've been able to do this a little bit in the lab that you can uh, basically store information within dna i mean dna is is a code it's a code that makes us up uh and one of the things that makes us human is that uh, uh is that part of the dna string that has been purposely cut and spliced that it's it's something that can't occur naturally, which is why you know, there are a number of people out there that believe that we have been genetically modified to be who we are right now. It's when we can start getting into, you know, like the Anunnaki, and they, you know, took a life form that was here on Earth, genetically modified it, and then, you know, there are the humans. Because uh, you, you can't find our missing link to us in the other uh, humid, uh, humanoid life forms that have been here on Earth. So that's one, it's one particular uh, idea. In any case, with the idea that you can store data in DNA, and you know, they've talked about potentially because of the, um, I guess, what, what would be the, uh, the capacity? That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, the capacity of a DNA strand to hold data is actually quite enormous. And they theorize that you could store the data of the universe within a human being. So imagine you are walking around with all of the information of the universe within your body. It's not necessarily that you would, in your, in your mind, suddenly know everything. It's just that within your body, um, somebody could plug into it and extract information. So I guess in a sense, what you could do, this is almost like cyborg-ish, you could you know, have your phone here. You wouldn't even need um, you know, like wireless data, right? Because you could just plug it into yourself and just look, okay, you know, what happened at uh, uh, you know, 1954 in my hometown? Boom, and it would pop up right on the screen. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So if we are able to do that with DNA, then this idea of psychic abilities being a form of alien technology that's been embedded in our DNA, um, I guess I'll say this, because I, I, I believe that you know, psychic abilities are, tr are truly a, a gift that has to do with somebody's personal vibration and resonance. So I don't necessarily believe that it would be the psychic abilities that the, uh, the extraterrestrials would have embedded into us, that uh, if it had been the Anunnaki genetically recreating us, that you know, psychic abilities are, uh, I don't know, what, a genetic mutation within the DNA that they put together. I, I don't think that. Um, but they could have left something within our DNA code that they could readily access and be able to tap into so that, you know, at any point in time, as long as they had, you know, like the key to get into a person, uh, or like the password sort of, that they would be able to access that information within a person and basically be able to hack into somebody. Uh, it's almost kind of like if you take, 
the matrix and um, you know, somebody being able to, well, okay, like Matrix, uh, Matrix Reloaded, when uh, Agent Smith got into Bane, it would almost be like that sort of thing, that he was able to get into uh, Bane's code and embed himself in there, if you looked at Agent Smith as like the alien, and embedded himself into Bane's code, and then when Bane was out of the Matrix and walking around as his human self, He's now Agent Smith, or Agent Smith is inside him because he's hacked. At that point, it would be he would have hacked his DNA. So I think that's certainly a possibility. So on the flip side of this, is technology that we have right now from alien technology? Is it derived from alien technology? Do, um, do we have devices right now that we could not have if we had not utilized uh, or, or reverse-engineered alien technology. So there's a, uh, a pretty cool meme, and I forgot to share this one earlier. So uh, that, that's the one from, uh, from Nicole. Then there's this one, which I posted last year, uh, just for a little laugh here. This panic with the toilet paper is the reason why you people can't be told the truth about aliens. That one cracked me up last year. Uh, and we could talk about that aspect too, um, as far as why disclosures take in a while. But this here, okay. And I don't usually show a lot of memes during the shows, but it just seemed, uh, some of these seemed appropriate for this evening. So this one here with the airplanes, 2021 is as far from 1981 is 1981 is from 1941. And so you're talking 40 years difference here. You see the difference in 40 years from the airplane from 1941, and, you know, these are fighter jets, from 1941 to 1981, vast, vast difference. From 1981 to 2021, there's almost no difference. We're essentially flying with the same technology. Technology here has not changed in over 40 years. But what was it that changed from 1941 to 1981 that the technology was just a a massive, massive boom uh, between the two? And a lot of people point to, well, within there, you had Roswell. Uh, We did develop, uh, you know, the technology for jets, you know, uh, you know, we did uh, developed rocket technology. But why such a big jump in the middle there and not recently with technology like this? We even look at, you know, like some of our, uh, like automobiles. Uh, the concept is essentially still the same. You know, we're using, we're, we're starting to go more toward electric and things like that right now, but the concept of it all is still the same. You know, people 40 years ago, you know, I was, I was a kid during the 80s, and we thought by now we'd, uh, we'd be like the Jetsons, right? We'd have flying cars and all that. Uh, you know, I mean, shoot, look at uh, Back to the Future. They had us six years ago in flying cars. That's what we thought the future was going to be like, and it's never happened. Uh, you know, we're starting to get to the point of, um, of self-guided cars and things like that. So that technology is, is coming along. But as far as, you know, the actual concept of the car is pretty much the same as it was 100 years ago. Body styles have changed. Um, but, you know, most of it has not. Uh, you know, we've thrown computers and things like that into there. So... So why haven't those things changed? But we have seen some things come along like, okay, so the cell phone. Um, The cell phone is kind of a, uh, it's kind of interesting. You look at Nikola Tesla, and he had said essentially like 100 years ago right now, it was like 1921 or 1922, where he said that one day, we would have the knowledge of the world on a device that we could put into our pocket. And really, 
I could access the knowledge of the world on my cell phone. You can too. And we can put it in our pocket. It's absolutely fascinating where technology has gone. And you know, a lot of people believe and speculate that so much of this technology that we have that we've been able to go to space with. Um, you look at where computers were back in the 1940s. They were just, I mean, they were tubes. It was tube technology, um, extremely, extremely mechanical. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're getting down to these, you know, really, really small uh, silicon chips that are powering everything. I mean, the, the power of this phone is more than what we put the guys up to the moon with. You know, it, it, it's crazy where it's gone. Um, but there always seems to be some sort of strange stopping point with technology. It's like we've advanced so far, and then it stops. Like, you know, I was pointing out the stuff with the airplanes earlier. Our technology to get up into space with rockets, we're using the same thing that we did back in the 60s. You know, and basically, you know, strapping a, strapping a firecracker to your ass and shooting yourself up into space. It's crazy. Um, Tom, okay, you, you did have your, uh, I think you did restate your question here, uh, their civilization. So you think if, uh, if other civilizations lived on other planets, are they hidden or buried from time? So, um, I mean, I think they're, I think they're accessible. Uh, if their civilization lived on our planet, uh, there's some evidence of it. You know, we see that in our ancient cultures. Uh, basically, that's going down the rabbit hole of the ancient alien theory, which I'm not really getting into this evening. Um, but, you know, the idea that they, uh, they came down here for a time, the ancient civilizations and, cult and cultures interpreted it as best they could. And, you know, people say that's where, you know, a lot of these ideas of the different gods came from. And we see within different cultures from all over the world that um, you know, there are a lot of similarities between uh, you know, some of the symbolism, the way they built some things, uh, some of the uh, characters that they used in their, like, you know, whether it's petroglyphs or uh, you know, the ancient artwork and things like that. Um, you know, cultures that should not have had any connection to each other physically at all. And you see, okay, three, four different locations all over the world, boom, 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 boom. You know, and you're seeing the same artwork. Um, so, and then and Tom following up again, um, any signs of civilization remains or any kind of life? Yeah, I mean, it, so, and, and that's a good question. Okay, I see where you're going with that. So, if, like, we went up to Mars, well, we are on Mars, um, would we actually uh, find the remains of ancient civilizations up there, or would it be buried? Well, you know, look at our own planet. Where do we find these things? Under the ground. Uh, very rarely do we find anything near the surface. You know, it's kind of like the, the deeper it is underground, the older it is. And so, uh, you know, ancient civilizations on you know, a planet like Mars, if you, if you think about when a civilization there would have perished, you know, how long ago did Mars lose life? You know, we're, we're pretty positive there had been life on Mars. Um, we don't know, we have not confirmed, I believe there was, we have not confirmed that there was intelligent life on Mars. But you look, you look at it and you can see the old waterways. Um, you know, Mars is massively scarred. Um, you know, it happened, we don't know how long, but we suspect, you know, thousands if not millions of years ago, this happened. Um, you know, we don't have any you know, human witness to it. But if it would have happened, it would have been extremely long time ago. Um, and if so, if you're, if you believe it was millions of years ago, or even if you think it was, uh, you know, humans here on earth showed up 200,000 years ago. So if they were humans from Mars that came here, well, okay, fine. Go back to 100,000 years, you know, stuff that's 200,000 years old here on Earth is buried far under the ground. So yeah, it would, it would be buried pretty far up there as well. And we would have to dig for it. So anything that they're finding on the surface right now, 
uh, is 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 not going to be old. You know, we're we're not going to. It's going to be extremely hard, I'll say, uh, to find those um, that evidence of ancient civilizations just on the surface of Mars. I mean, that you you might if it, if it was an extremely tall structure, you might find it poking out of the ground. But of course, it's going to be covered by still you know dirt and sediment and and all that. So it's not going to be obvious that this was a structure. Um, we have to get people up there excavating. Um, so whatever the rovers come back with them, they're just taking, you know, like little bits of dust off the ground and analyzing it. They're not, they're not digging. What is interesting though, is that they were able to um, take carbon dioxide from the Martian air and turn it into oxygen. That to me is extremely interesting. Um, and while it was just a small bit, they, they said that it was enough that it could um, it, it could fill up somebody's oxygen tank with as much as six minutes worth of air. Now, this is going to be extremely important for when we start sending people to Mars, a way to turn the atmosphere not, I mean, it's not going to be the whole planet, but a way for those that are living there to be able to, you know, keep oxygen in production, that they can have a supply there that's, that they're able to, uh, to draw from. Bigger picture, yes, at some point, being able to oxygenate the planet. And this goes back to, I, I posted on this a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know how many people actually picked up on it. You know, the big atmospheric processors. We saw that in the, in the movie Aliens. Um, that was on that planet. That was a, it was a uh, huge uh, atmosphere processing plant where the, uh, the, the queen alien was hanging out at and laying her eggs. So at some point, you see this is like the first small bit of progression toward that. So, all right. Um, Getting, uh, getting back on track here. Um, let's see, I'll scroll through the track here, chat here a little bit. So Nicole saying that my uh, volume is perfect now. Great, awesome. Um, let's see. Anseline saying, always love the SR-71 Blackbirds. Awesome, cool. Um, the one other thing I wanted to say about the uh, us using alien tech. People always ask about Bob Lazar. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last night on Edge of the Rabbit Hole with Jeremy Ray. And uh, we asked him if he believed Bob Lazar's story. He does. He, he believes his story. Um, I do, too. Um, just probably not for the same reasons as other people. Um, and, and Bob Lazar claims that um, at the S4 facility uh, there uh, on Area 51, or I guess it would be you know, a little south of it, that he was working on reverse engineering uh, alien propulsion technology to be able to try to figure out how they uh, powered their craft and got it to move. And that's fascinating. That's amazing because that is kind of really the key for us in advancing space travel. At some point, um, us producing rocket fuel, refining rocket fuel, the, you know, you know, shoot ourselves up into space, um, it's not going to be feasible. I mean, at some point, you run out of your resources. So what do we end up doing? Because we have to be a spacefaring civilization. We, we have to get up there. Um, at some point, Earth is going to be no more, so survival of the species, we have to learn how to, uh, to travel the cosmos. So if we run out of the one thing that we know to do, which is basically to you know, light a bomb under ourselves to get up into space. We run out of that resource. How do we do this? And so, you know, a lot of people believe it to be, uh, you know, like anti-gravity technology. And when we, when we see a lot of these uh, different pieces of video footage, you know, we're seeing these objects move in ways that we don't have that technology for right now. Um, and in any kind of like jet propulsion system that we know of right now, you couldn't do it. Um, and the G's would just, you know, kind of crush, <laughs> would kind of crush a human body doing that anyway. So 
what you know what are they doing we believe it's some sort of uh, anti-gravity technology some sort of anti-gravity propulsion so that's what he was uh, supposed to be working on and all that's fascinating all that's great um, and, and none of that is why I believe his story um, when he talks about like you know the was it element 115 and, and all that stuff um, you know, and the government hounding him and, you know, all and all the stuff with the, with the government, you know, cover up, you know, and trying to erase him um, from these different you know places where he had either worked or gone to school or anything like that is just kind of is bizarre. Um, you know, I, I certainly believe, of course, that, um, you know, the government would do things like that. And again, that's not why I believe his story. I believe his story because of a lot of the little fine details about his story. Like he was having these problems with his wife, and they were basically they were about to take away his security clearance. And his description of what he went through during that time, you know, I I've been through something similar um, when when I was in the Air Force. It actually, back during the time that I was at uh, NSA, they almost took away my security clearance when uh, my ex-wife was having a meltdown of her own. And if they if they sense that there is enough trouble at home, they will pull it. Basically, what they do is they suspend it. They don't like completely take it away. They just basically suspend it. They take you uh, out of the secure facility, and they have you do other stuff around base or within the squadron or whatever. Um, you know, I, I did not have uh, mine taken away because of her meltdown. And same thing with Bob. They let him keep his. Um, you know, basically, you know, after, you know, basically they meet with you, you know, they, they meet with you as a couple, you know, and all that, they come to the house and all that crazy stuff. Basically, his description of, of how everything went down with that, I'm like, that is so eerily familiar with what I went through with my ex that, yeah, <laughs> I believe his dang story just from like little details like that, just like protocol stuff within the, you know, within the military, within the Air Force. It's like, yeah, that's exactly what they would do. So that's why I believe his, his story. All right, so there's another story that I wanted to get to as we kind of roll into um, some of the stuff with the with the government. And this one's actually from from Anne, who's down there in the chat. Um, and I asked her beforehand if I could share this story that she had posted uh, on her Facebook the other day. So I'm just going to go ahead and and read it here, and then we'll go ahead and discuss. So this is Anne's story. She says. I used to wonder if it was a faulty phone line. When I, was growing, when I was a kid growing up, I remember talking to my friends on the phone about aliens and UFOs. I remember hearing a strange movement and static on the line. Over time, I became aware of it only being during those conversations. Eventually, our entire line would go dead, and no phone in the house would work. I was told it was probably just a faulty line and coincidence. I'm open-minded, though, so I'm not turning that down. However... Here I am years later with a cell phone. I highly avoid the topic of aliens and UFOs, but on the occasion I do go down that line, something always happens. I was speaking with my sister. It started out with the Mothman Festival and in Indrid Cold. Then on to MIB and shadow entities. Finally, contact in the desert. Then our call was ended. I did not, nor did she hang up. I had her on speakerphone laying on the coffee table, and she had her fully charged Bluetooth on. When we called one another back, Silence, absolutely nothingness. We could not hear one another or connect. I'm not saying it is anything, though. I am just creating a little record of yet another strange thing when I try to discuss this topic. Uh, that is extremely interesting. Um, I will say this, that we are subject to monitor, monitoring um, at any time. In fact, we are probably being monitored right now. It's kind of, um, you know, par for the course. So we talked a bit last week about 
my, my time at NSA. I just mentioned it here a little bit ago. And I don't mind, I'm not skittish about saying that I worked and spent time at NSA. It was really kind of weird and bizarre when I did work there. Because um, I didn't really want you talking about that you worked there. Now, the biggest employer in the state of Maryland, in, in the state of Maryland is the NSA. So for you to be like walking around town, especially in that area, and not ever say, or like when somebody asks you, hey, where do you work? For you to not bring it up is, is really kind of weird. But I've seen that happen, you know, when I was there, when I was working there. And, you know, you're at, uh, you know, you got the kids at like uh, like a Chuck E. Cheese or something. And, you know, you're watching the kids play and you're kind of shooting the breeze with some of the other parents. I mean, it comes up, where do you work? And um, I remember this, this one guy just you know, being, you know, really just evasive about where he was, where he was working. And his wife kind of like rolled her eyes and uh, was like, well, you know, he's in the NSA building. And he was like, we're not supposed to say that. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I work there too. Come on. (laughs) So it's really kind of weird. I mean, they're doing everything they can to make sure that, um, that somebody's not going to approach you and encourage you to sell secrets. That's why I like the whole thing with the, um, you know, why with, with myself there for a moment and with Bob Lazar, they were debating about, you know, taking away the security clearance because if there's like some sort of trouble going on at home, then, you know, I guess there is a higher propensity that some foreign entity will approach you and be like, well, if you're having money at home and, or if you're having uh, problems at home and you need some money, you know, I'll I'll buy some government secrets from you. I guess it happens. People will feel enough pressure, and and will succumb. But I, you know, depending on what exactly is going on, they kind of weigh that out. But in any case, um, I'm not skittish about talking about actually having worked there. They're not going to come grab me because I said I worked there. Like I said, it's like the largest employer in the state of Maryland. And it is funny when they do silly stuff like um, when there's a um, like a, a, a significant conflict going on um, you know, overseas or, or whatever, that all of a sudden what they will do is they will cover up the NSA sign that's sitting right, I mean, there, there's the buildings right there. We all know what it is. They will cover up the sign outside the building. <laughs> like, yeah, because we're not going to know what that is. It's only been sitting there with the sign here for like the last, you know, 60 years. It's just silly. In any case, they spy there. They are spies. And they monitor calls. Absolutely. Um... I can't. I will say this. I cannot get too detailed about some of the things I do know and some of the things that I have seen. Um, but they spy and they monitor calls. And when everybody was flipping their lid on the uh, the Patriot Act in the early two thousands, you know, that basically was authorizing some you know government monitoring. You know, of calls of this nature, because they were going to try to, you know, listen in to calls and try to find the terrorists. And everybody was flipping out about it. Now, I'm sitting there like, what, what, what's the problem here? I, I thought everybody knew we were already doing that. <laughs> so, really, the Patriot Act was redundant to something we were already doing. So, all of that said, funny things going on with the phone like that, could it possibly, could it possibly be monitoring as we talk about a particular subject like that. Yep, absolutely could be. Is there any way to prove it? No. Um, But it it very well could be. And it's going to be one of those where it's like, yeah, they could sit in and listen to an entire call. Um, Just kind of think of like the old days with the telephone, telephone switchboard, where the switchboard operator, if they really wanted to, they could listen into the whole call. 
Um, but they like wouldn't, you know, they usually wouldn't. They, you know, maybe hear a couple of sentences. Oh, this is going to be boring and hang up. Yeah, kind of like that. So even though you're kind of, you know, talking about that subject, if they were listening in, um, it, I imagine it probably wasn't going to be juicy enough. I mean, they may have listened into the whole thing. Um, but, you know, a lot of times it's like, and this, again, I can't really say too much, but um, it's one of those that unless you're divulging stuff like, kind of like what Jeremy Ray was saying last night, and they could do this, you know, like with lasers into, um, uh, like right in, like he was talking about, you know, driving up uh, toward those areas around Area 51. Um, they could, you know, kind of shoot the laser in there and listen in on your uh, your conversations and all that uh, as you're driving. Um, you know, as, as long as you're not talking about, hey, we're going to be, you know, like trespassing in Area 51, you know, that sort of stuff where you're like conspiring to do some stuff. You know, they'll they'll pretty much let people just kind of talk because the the community is flooded with all kinds of people talking about all kinds of different topics and nobody knows really for, for certain what's actually true and what's not. You know, we've just really saturated uh, the conversation with so much different stuff that they just kind of let you flap your gums because they basically are relying on the community tearing itself apart or, you know, enough of it's just sounding nuts and crazy that, you know, the mainstream isn't going to listen. Um, we had, for an example, we had John D'Souza on um, a couple of years ago now, not two, almost three. Wow. Okay. Um, and he's a former FBI agent. Uh, the, the, a lot of people call him the the X-Man because he's worked on a number of those different type of cases when he was in the FBI. And so you know, we were asking him about you know, different conspiracy theories and, and things like that. And um, and I'd made the comment about, you know, I don't know how much you're allowed to like really say and really talk about. And he was like, well, you know, because everybody has been talking about these topics and there's like a million different theories out there, um, you know, he's... He said that you know, they pretty they pretty much don't mind him talking, you know, about these different topics and conspiracy theories, uh, which was kind of interesting. So you know, we talked about nine eleven and all these other things. Um, what was interesting was that uh, I went down the road of asking him about TWA Flight eight hundred, uh, that one that exploded coming out of New York. Uh, I had a cousin on that flight, and. You know, he said, you know, that that it's like, you know, that one there, however, is one I cannot talk about. So it really it just kind of depends on how how touchy they feel a particular subject is. So um, and and down in the chat here, kind of following up, uh, saying I've wondered for a long time it was due to my father's years within the Air Force as well as him having a certain position during his years of service. And yeah, it very well, uh, it very well could be. Um, yeah, I mean, if your if your father had a you know highly sensitive position and knew uh, you know some very very sensitive government secrets, you know they could always. Um, be keeping tabs because, you know, families talk. Um, there was a, when I was going through my security training you know, while I was in the Air Force, they talked about, quote unquote, pillow talk, that they knew that, you know, a husband was going to say certain things to his wife that while, you know, the husband may do like his utmost best to retain all those secrets that you know, late at night, you know, pillow talk, you're in bed and kind of just chatting that there may be something that comes out because you might be talking about work that slips out that, um, you know, that was some sort of secret. And so they, you know, keep tabs on the wife too in what you know she may be doing or what she may be up to. So, as a child of 
a man who would would be in a position like that, and it sounds like he was, you know, involved in some very secretive stuff. You know, they may be keeping some tabs, um, just to kind of make sure. You know, you're not saying one thing or another. Um, you would definitely be on a, you know, higher higher profile type list. Um, so, you know, were they listening in on your conversations? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I. I course wouldn't know for sure but that's something that's going that happens um you know within this field when we go down these different roads uh when we start talking about um you know alien technology visits from extraterrestrials you know a, a lot of it uh, again they just kind of there, there's enough chaff in the air with all of this that um People don't can't necessarily make heads or tails of okay what's actually uh, truth or fiction, and and they rely on that. You know there there is enough garbage out there that you don't know for sure what's what. Um, you know, but there are certain people that have had access to particular information that they will keep tabs on. And with you, and if your father was really involved in that, then yeah. Um, even though he may not have actually said anything to you, they probably, you know, will keep tabs just to make sure. Um, let me grab a sip here real quick. You know, because there's, basically there's a narrative that they're trying to line up. Uh, I believe that we will see disclosure Um Sooner rather than later, uh, you can kind of see things gearing up in that direction. Uh, more and more, you see these different UFO videos come out. Um, you've seen them a lot in the media lately. Uh, the government is no longer denying these sightings. In fact, some of them are coming like from the Navy, and the government actually saying, "You know, we can't explain this." UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. They, they, they usually don't say UFO. They'll say UAP now. I guess it sounds a little more official and UFO sounds a little hokey. They'll admit, you know, to something like that that came out of the Navy. Um, some of these other ones, like, uh, what was it, American Airlines that, that reported something uh, a couple of months ago. They're not confirming it, but they're not denying it either, which is interesting. So we've seen... Basically, it used to be they deny, 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 deny everything. And now it's, well, we're not denying everything. You know, and now it's to the point of we're actually going to admit a couple. And you know, we're not denying anything anymore. So you kind of see the progression that's going. Uh, the, the thing that kind of bothers me is when they make it out to be like it's only been over the last... 15 or 20 years that we've been seeing this. And it's like, guys, come, come on, come on. All that stuff back in the, you know, 50s and 40s and all that, come on, we know. We know that was stuff. Um, you don't have to make it sound like this is new. <laughs> it's not, it is not new in that regard. Um, you know, what is, what is new is the different people that are coming forward. And we talked, we talked about that last night with Jeremy Ray, that there are a number of, you know, high-profile people that are coming forward, Harry Reid, uh, is like the latest one. Uh, the uh, former Secretary of Defense from Canada has been another. So these people that once they've retired and they're no longer in that position of power, you know, then they're finally able to like, okay, let me get this off my chest. You know, this I experienced this or I saw this or you know was involved in that. Um, yeah, because they, they're no longer you know threatened by like losing their job or or whatever. So. Um, so let's see. Um, oh, you're welcome. So Anne saying thank you for sharing all your thoughts and history. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. And I see Diane Hilbert up there. Great to see you, Diane. And Tom, must be tough to keep government secrets silent. Um, yeah, it, it, it can be. And this is kind of why. So, you know, well, for multiple reasons. If you say the wrong thing or let loose with the wrong secret, you can find jail time. Um, or you might find yourself in Russia like Edward Snowden. Um, and really, I mean, I'll at the at the 
risk of, I guess, you know, ticking off some government official. I mean, Snowden was, uh, he was done wrong. Um, I, I get, uh, I, I'll say this. I get that um, there are aspects of our national security that you should not divulge. Um, a, a lot of what was going on was an invasion of privacy. The technology that he saw was like a modern version of technology or a more modern version of technology that I saw. So that's why I'm like, it, it's, I, I, I probably shouldn't say too much more, but yes, it's, it is tough to keep some secrets because there's like some real borderline stuff, um, stuff that's like ethically, you know, really, you know, this is going on. So you end up in a quandary of sorts from time to time. And, you know, something sometimes there's just a, a gray area that you don't know what to do with. Um, but like, as far as like some of these government officials that are coming forward now with these different things, they're, they're still careful as to exactly what they say. Um, they leave it vague enough that they're that they don't divulge like you know some you know national security secret that maybe existed ten years ago, but they give you enough of the clues and they say enough about um, what did happen or what may have happened that you can put the pieces together. Um, and where the mainstream kind of comes in and tears it apart is in the fact that they they don't definitively say this, that, or the other thing like go to X marks the spot on the map and you'll find the graves of, you know, some, you know, extraterrestrial or that's where you'll find some parts of the aircraft. You know, uh, Harry Reid was saying, uh, you know, Lockheed Martin. Well, I mean, Lockheed isn't going to open their doors and say, here it is. Uh, and if they do open their doors, they're going to and say, well, you can take a look. They're going to go hide it first, you know, kind of one of those. So, um so yeah, there's this whole dance that's being played. Uh, but I do believe that a lot of this technology that we have uh, in store, that, that we have in place today, has come from alien technology that, uh, that, we've, that we've researched. You know, whether it was something that crashed here and we, order, we were able to research and you know, discover things with it, or if we actually have some relationships with the extraterrestrials right now in which you know we have been uh you know gleaning technology from them you know, a little bit here a little bit there uh in exchange for well we don't know exactly do we uh you know is it some resource on earth that they need i mean you know, is it is it some agreement on the abductions um i'm going to be talking about albert k bender at uh, the ufo mega conference not just him, but in my presentation, I'll be talking about Albert K. Bender. I'm going to mention him a bit next week, too. Um, you know, his, his interaction with uh, those hat-wearing entities that he believed were extraterrestrials, uh, he believed, and he said he visited, uh, Antarctica. They were down there gathering resources from our water, and they were set up in a basin in Antarctica. Um, you know, today we're seeing, you know, people come forward saying, you know, I believe that there's an alien base down in Antarctica and, you know, this, that, and the other thing is, is why. You know, so is, is that the trade-off that uh, we've made an agreement that, fine, w you guys can do your thing there down in the oceans, gathering your resources. We're not going to say anything. We'll help hide the fact that you're there, but we want some technology in exchange for that. I mean, could be. Don't know for certain. Uh, but mentioning next week, because we're down here at the last couple of minutes, uh, next week for Beyond the Shadows, and I have been talking here about the uh, the UFO Mega Conference uh, in Laughlin, Nevada. I'm going to kind of preview that, uh, that presentation that I'm going to give down there. Um, I'm kind of revamping some things on, because I'm talking about our shadow entities, extraterrestrials. So, you know, it's, it's going to contain a lot of 
the material from the shadow presentation that I usually give, but I'm of course revamping it because it's you know thematically on uh, extraterrestrials. So um, that's a lot of what I'm going to be talking about next week: are shadow entities, extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings, all that stuff. Um, in hopefully the format that uh, I'm going to present it in Laughlin. Uh, you know, it's I haven't I haven't done that presentation now since. Um, well, I had kind of well I I did a lot of it for the unveiling the shadows workshop that was back in October. I didn't have any presentations last year. The only presentation that I actually went out and gave because of COVID uh, was back in February. Been a little while. So uh, so we'll see it. Uh, question here from Ann. Do you know if there are more UFOs spotted near bodies of water than without? Uh, very good question. So there... Um, I mean, it's really a mixed bag because there are a lot of sightings around water. Um, there are a lot of people who have witnessed UFOs coming out of water. Uh, a lot of ideas about underground bases. That's one of the episodes that we did for the Alaska Triangle was, um, you know, under underground alien bases in Alaska as well. Um, the sighting, I mean, going back to Christopher Columbus, the sighting that he had, uh, you know, sailing to the New World was on the water. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of sightings in and around the water, but you know, then you have a lot that are out, you know, out west in these extremely dry areas where the population is extremely sparse. So it's it's really kind of a mixed bag. I, you know, a good person to ask would actually be Jeremy Ray because MUFON has all of that data. They probably they probably have those statistics all split up. You know, what what was near a body of water? What was near uh, what was near a desert? What was near a jungle? Um, you know, what was near a polar ice cap. I mean, they probably have all of that information. Uh, MUFON is an extremely uh, valuable resource for, for stuff like that. Um, but, you know, in, in, in my research, without having all the, the raw numbers, to me it's mixed. There, there's been a lot <laughs> uh, at all these locations. So, all right. Uh, if... Without further ado, I think that will wrap it up here, everybody. Uh, next week for, I already told you about Beyond the Shadows. Next week for uh, Edge of the Rabbit Hole, we have Terry Lovelace with the Devil's Den incident. Now, this is a uh, an abduction uh, incident. So, uh, again, keeping along that theme of uh, extraterrestrials uh, and unidentified flying objects for the month of May. And for those listening to the podcast later or the syndicated broadcast in KGRA, if you, uh, we absolutely invite you out to the Connected Universe Portal, ConnectedUniversePortal.com, which you can get all the information to join us for the live stream video showing of this, uh, of this discussion. You can uh, be with us for the chat, drop in your questions. I'll happily answer them as a member of the Connected Universe Portal. Um, in fact, this, this episode of Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by ConnectedUniversePortal.com. All right, everybody. Have a great night. See you next time. Oh, I'm saying that, but one other little bit of uh, information that I want to uh, throw out here. Uh, if you guys didn't watch, I think I did it. It was either for the morning mug video or the monthly Q&A, or maybe it was even for both. Um, unofficially, unofficially, the Shadow Dimension has been released. Um there are three streaming services that have picked up on it right now. More are coming. Uh, the first one to actually release it was Vimeo, Vimeo uh, Video On Demand. Uh, the second one that has released it is Zuzu. It's actually a Canadian streaming service, um, and, and others are coming. There's uh, The third one, Quasm, has not yet released it, but um, I will be officially announcing that uh, on social media here toward the end of the week. I have another uh, kind of behind-the-scenes sneak peek um, trailer sort of thing that I'm putting together um, that I'm going to release here along with it. And so uh, so that will be official here uh, coming up. Well, geez, it's already Wednesday, so Thursday or Friday, yeah, it can be the end of the week here. 
So, all right. And Anne says down there, uh, she loved it. If anyone has not seen it yet, definitely go watch it. Yeah, she already posted a uh, uh, a review up on IMDb. So thank you very much, Anne, for that. So um, highly encourage everybody to go check that out. Tom down there is in it. So, <laughs> all right. Now, without further ado, everybody have a great evening. Until next time.